listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want you to look with me quickly, if you would, um, to the book of Exodus. And we're going to start with Exodus chapter 11. And uh, I want to show you something because Moses describes to God's people what's going to take place, what's going to happen um, on the night of the Passover. And uh, I want to start reading uh, Exodus 11 and verse number four. Listen to this. So Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out in the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who's behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle, there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there's never been, nor ever will be again. Listen to this. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast. I love this part, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. You catch that? That that part right there was Exodus 11, 7, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And if you want to break it down into New Testament terms, between those that have rejected Christ or that are against God and those that are part of God's family. Because in the New Testament, as I've taught you many times, the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter eight, that we have been adopted into the family of God by the spirit of adoption. We've been grafted into the vine. So we're a part of God's family. Even if you were born as a Gentile, you are a part of God's family now by faith. And so you have that covenant with God that others do not have. And because you do, the same power of Passover that worked for them is literally at work in your life as a New Testament age believer. What am I saying? What point am I trying to make? Notice what he said, that the Lord makes a distinction. Can I tell you, the Lord has always wanted and will always want to make a distinction between his people and those that don't serve him. Always, he will always want to make a distinction between those who serve him and those who don't serve him. Now, it's not just going to be at the end of time, you know, as we are separated into our respective eternities, that those who've rejected him will be sent into the lake of fire while we will be uh, in heaven and in his presence, new heaven, new earth forevermore. It's not just going to be that separation, but even here and now on the earth, God wants to make a distinction between those of us that serve him and those that do not serve him or those that have rejected him. And how does he make that distinction? Well, in our covenant, there are things available to us. It's like the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, that there are wells in our salvation. And he says, with joy, will you draw water from the wells of your salvation? There are wells that are inside your salvation. And you can, with joy, pull those waters out of the wells in your salvation. Hallelujah. And those wells contain different things. Hey, Nick. Hey, Lynn. What kinds of things are inside of your wells? Well, there's healing in the wells of salvation. There is joy and peace in the wells of salvation. There's protection in the wells of salvation. There is prosperity in the wells of salvation. There are so many blessings found inside your covenant. And the Bible says with joy, you'll draw them out of those wells and experience them. You shouldn't have to wait to experience them till you get to heaven. They are available here and now. Let me ask you, when Jesus encountered people in the Bible, in the gospels, when he, before he even died, when he encountered sick people, did he say to them, love you, Julie, enjoy your church. 
Um, did Jesus say to them, uh, I know you need to be healed and I'm going to die on the cross soon. And then I'm going to ascend into heaven and I'll be seated at the right hand of the father. And then you can get saved and you can become a Christian, one of my children. And then when you die, you can go to heaven with us. And once you get there, then you'll be healed in heaven. Jesus never said that to anybody that petitioned him. Nobody, nobody. He never said, once I die and once I'm resurrected and once you become a Christian and then you can die in the natural and once you get to heaven to be with God forever, your healing will finally come. He never said that. No, he made a distinction on the earth between those who had faith in him and those who did not. And people who had faith in him, what did he give them? The ability to receive healing from heaven. Not in, not in heaven, on the earth. You know why? Because there are covenant blessings that are available to you as a believer now and here on the earth. And so it's important to understand that God has a desire. And it's sad to me that so many people don't want to stand up for the distinction that God wants to make. You know, you think about every level, there's a level of persecution with it. You know, salvation obviously holds its own level of persecution from unbelievers, but then there's persecution from believers, sadly, on some of these other things. Hey, Ted and Ashley, love you guys. So for example, if you preach divine healing is for every believer today, there will be a group of Christians who not only disagree with you, but will mock you and persecute you for preaching it and believing it. They'll mock and make fun of you and say you don't understand the Bible and say that you're doctrinally inaccurate, that you're a heretic, you know, that you're one of these fringe, weird, faith healer, charismatic nut jobs. I mean, there's all kinds, all kinds of different, um, you know, name names they'll call you and things they'll say about you. So even within the body of Christ, you've got a place where God wants to make a distinction because here's the thing. If I have a connection to a healer, then my life, my body should not look the same as someone who doesn't have a healer. That just makes logical sense. If I am connected in covenant to a healer, then my physical body should not look like someone who doesn't have a healer, right? And so we, we start to understand what's the distinction God's making. He's making a distinction that my people can be healed when everybody else is sick. That's a distinction. Makes you look different. I'm redeemed to be different. In fact, those of you that are watching, you can put that in the comments. I'm redeemed to be different. Thank you, Lord. I'm redeemed to be different. That's it. And then what would be it? So you'll have a portion of people that will criticize you for talking about your distinction in healing. Well, you want to get even more people angry with you. Start talking about your financial distinction. The fact that you're connected to a provider who will provide all your needs and bring you into the overflow. You want to start really getting people ticked off at you. Start calling you one of those prosperity preachers, prosperity believers, and somebody that's been duped. You've had the wool pulled over your eyes, brother. You believe in that prosperity message. You want to start getting people really mad. Talk about your distinction, the fact that you have a provider. And as you do, your life, your financial life shouldn't look the same as somebody who doesn't have a provider. When everybody else is going down financially, you should still be going up because you're on a different system, a different economy, God's economy. And you have the ability to look different than everybody else because you're in covenant with God. And so there is always a distinction when the majority of our generation is being overtaken by chronic depression and anxiety and panic attacks. You can have a peace that passes all understanding because you're connected to a comforter. And because I'm connected to a comforter, my mind looks different than someone who doesn't have a comforter. You see that? My mind should look different than someone who does not have a comforter. And that's so important. God wants to make a distinction. Moses said it all the way back here in Exodus chapter 11. He said, but not a dog shall growl 
against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. So as you start to see, God gives instruction to Moses, and then Moses gives the instruction to the people of Israel about what to do in the night of Passover. And uh, listen to the, I mean, it's so powerful. I want you to see it. Uh, He begins to give them instruction about what to do. Listen to this. Lord said to Moses, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. He just flipped the calendar on them. I want you to think about that. That's Exodus 12 and verse 2. God just flipped the calendar on his people. He said, we're switching everything up. I want this month now, because of what I'm about to do, I want this month to be for you the beginning of months. Hallelujah. The beginning of months. He said, I'm going to deliver you at the beginning. Hallelujah. I'm going to take care of you at the beginning. You'll have something to remember about what I did in a place of protection, deliverance, provision, healing at the beginning. Thank you, Lord. Not at the end. Notice how this works. Notice in the normal telling of a story, the way that any storyteller, any writer would set up a story, where is the climax? The climax is at the end. It all builds to a climax and the big ending of the movie or the story or the show, the climax is at the end. God said, I'm going to flip it. And he said, I'm going to start your calendar with this month. And he said, I'm going to set a precedent tonight. And on the 10th day of the month, then you will celebrate and remember the Passover and it'll be something instituted forever. But notice what God did. He set something up so that they would always have something to celebrate in the future. Their victory would be remembered year after year after year. Do you realize we're in 2020 and the Jews are still celebrating Passover Two, I mean, longer than that, what are we now? Four to 6,000 years later? I mean, if you consider when the law of Moses was written about 1600 uh, BC until where we're at now, uh, 2020. So what are we going to say about 3,600 years later? 3,600 years later, and we're still celebrating Passover. Still to this day. That's powerful, man. It's something that will extend. And guess what? Guess what? It's God showing them, celebrate what I'm about to do. It's a time of deliverance. It's a time of breakthrough. It's a time of blessing. And it's a time of healing. Why do I say that? Because understand that when God brought them, this thing loosed them from bondage. This was the final. Understand, this was the final plagues as they were going through. It's, 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 it's interesting, the 10th plague, the death of the, of the firstborn, and they were getting ready for their exodus. This was the last thing. This was the thing that shook them loose of Pharaoh's hold. Think about this. And, and then they, the exodus took place. They left Egypt. But notice, they didn't just leave Egypt. No, no, no. That wasn't good enough for God's people. Notice, they didn't just leave. But if you go to the book of Psalms, you know what you'll find? that God led them out of Egypt. But what before he did, what did he ask them to do? He said, go and inquire of your neighbor, the Egyptians. He said, ask them to give you the gold and the silver. And they went to the, they literally went to their neighbors, knocked on the door and said, we're going to need your gold and silver. You'd have thought people were like, that's crazy. Get out of here. I'm not giving you all our gold and silver. But God said, you go ask them for it and go ask them now. And they went and notice what happened. Their neighbors gave them the gold and silver. My Lord, you got to see this. <laughs> it's found in Exodus 12, verse um, 35. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. 
and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked for. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Thank you, Lord. They plundered the Egyptians. So the first thing you've got to see is, and, and Psalms tells us this, as he's leading them out, you understand they were loaded down with clothing, silver, and gold, jewelry, as they're leaving Egypt. Prosperity. Prosperity. Instant wealth, instant economy. Then, what else does Psalms say? There was not a feeble one among them. Thank you, Lord. There was not a feeble one among them. That means every physical body of, at the low end, 2.5 million people at every age group. You've got babies. You've got kids, teenagers. You've got young adults. You've got old adults. You've got seniors, probably some in their 80s and 90s. And what does the Bible say? Not a feeble one among them. Not one. Not one. Hallelujah. Not one. That means they were all healthy. They were all strong. And as they left Egypt, they were all carrying the clothing and the silver and the gold on this exodus from Egypt. Powerful. It's a picture, by the way, of what God does for you in salvation. If you've never heard it taught, Egypt was a picture of slavery to sin. Pharaoh was a type of Satan. Egypt, a type of sin. Slavery to sin. And so God delivered them from slavery to sin. But notice this, he didn't just stop there. Because redemption doesn't stop there. He didn't just bring them out of bondage to sin. What did he also do? He healed their bodies so that there was not a feeble one among them. Not one. Because part of your redemptive covenant is divine healing for your body. But he didn't stop there. Notice that he filled their hands with clothing and silver and gold. Why? Because part of your covenant is divine prosperity. God prosperity. And they left Egypt free from slavery, free from sickness and disease, and free from poverty all in one fell swoop. Because that's what God desires to do for his people. He did it for his Old Testament people, and then he did it again in the New Covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ for his New Testament people. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that, man. And notice this. He told them. He told them. Thank you for popping the verse up. Psalm 105 and verse 37. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among the tribes. Think about how powerful that is. Not one. The Bible says none. It says none. So catch this. If it says none, that means that every, even every old person, every old person, I, I mean, every child, everybody, there wasn't one person that left <laughs> that was sick, diseased, or weak. Nobody came through the Red Sea on a walker with tennis balls on the bottom. Nobody. They came through strong. They came through healthy. They came through whole. They came through carrying the silver and the gold and the clothing. Because that's God's desire for his people. That's why he did it. Now look, you understand what happens. And Moses gives them instruction here. And I want you to see it with me. The Bible says, every man should take a lamb. According to their father's house is a lamb for a household. Thank you, Lord. A lamb for a household. I love that phrase. A lamb for a household. Jesus Christ is the lamb for your household. Jesus Christ is the lamb for your household. Hallelujah. He said, take a lamb for a household. And if the household's too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood. Listen to this. 
take some. Uh oh, Carolyn's burning. Carolyn's burning dinner again. Wait for the burning of dinner to stop. Once again, folks, pray for me. I don't know what I'm going to be eating tonight. Apparently, she has roasted the lamb and burn it with fire. <laughs> she has roasted our lamb and burnt it with fire. <laughs> Keep burning my dinner. Wonderful. There goes my dinner. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you for burning my dinner. That leads us into exactly what they told him to do with the lamb. They said, don't boil it. Don't boil it in water. They said, don't eat it raw. You know what they said? They said, burn it and roast it on the fire. Carolyn's just being biblical. She's roasting it on the fire. That's exactly what's happening. We're getting ready to eat our lamb as soon as this broadcast is over. She, got, she, got over, she went overboard on the roasting of the lamb. And look what he said. He said, on the 14th day of each month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house's in which they eat it. This is so important. Listen to this. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat. Let me stop right there in case you don't know what this is talking about. The, the lamb, of obviously, that represents Christ, but as they eat the unleavened bread, do you know what the unleavened bread? In the Bible, leaven actually represents sin. It represents sin. So unleavened bread represented a bread that had no sin. That's what they're talking about. It's a picture of sin. So unleavened bread, which is what they used even for the communion meal, unleavened bread, it was a picture of the removal of sin. And as you look at the bread representing even the body of Christ in the future to come, the body of Christ would have no sin in it. When you consume the lamb, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, notice what he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, that bread, the unleavened bread represented the sinless body of Jesus Christ, the roasting of the lamb. Watch this. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning and anything that remains, you shall burn in this manner. You shall eat it. Listen with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Why? Why is it that they wanted or that the Lord wanted them to eat like that? Eating ready to go. Hallelujah, man. I'm telling you right now, think about the picture here. Eat it ready to go. Eat it as you're ready to go. Sandals on, belt on, walking stick close by. Why? Because they were leaving Egypt. But notice, even as we take part as knowing that Christ is our Savior, even as we take part knowing we're part of his covenant, his flesh, his blood, but with the mindset, notice, that we're always ready to go. That's right there. That will stir your spirit. I'm knowing. I'm in covenant with Christ. And as Christ said, unless you eat my flesh, drink my blood, the covenant that we're in, always ready to go. What does that mean? Christ could come at any moment and we're always ready. I got my sandals on. I got my walking stick. My belt is fastened. Notice that the belt of truth. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm ready to go at any moment, living ready to see Christ when he comes. Hallelujah. Look at Evangeline from the UK. When each family member gets full of lamb, freedom is certain. That's right. The moment anyone gets full of the lamb, Jesus Christ, the redemption is inevitable. Powerful thought. Powerful thought. Love her and Joel. You understand. 
And they're pastoring. If you don't know who they are, they're pastoring in the UK. And I'm telling you, it's exactly right. When you're full of the lamb, you're full of freedom. You're ready to go. And that's what the people were. They were ready to be delivered, ready to be delivered. Catch this with me tonight. So powerful. He said in verse 14, this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as the feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So powerful. Now look at this. Verse 29, verse 29, so powerful. And at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon. All the firstborn of the livestock and Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by the night and said, Up, go out from my people Israel, he, uh, both you and all the people of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you said, and be gone and bless me also. Notice what God did. God did not just uh, bring their deliverance, strike their enemies, but loaded them down with healing, loaded them down with blessing, and they walked out of their bondage free people. You know, one of the things that's that's wild that I've always wondered about uh, in, in talking in regards to a poverty mentality, you know, God never expected the people of Israel to give back to the Egyptians their clothing, their silver, or their gold. He never expected them to give it back. So did you ever wonder why they were encouraged to borrow of their neighbor, to borrow of the Egyptians? Did you ever think of the fact that maybe the way it had to be phrased to the Israelites, borrow of your neighbor, because they had such a slave mentality, they had such a poverty mentality, that if the Lord told him, it's yours, it belongs to you, go and take it, plunder your neighbors, they would have thought to themselves, well, we can't do that. We can't ask them to just give us gold and silver. We're not, we're slaves, You know, we're not worthy of gold and silver. We're not worthy of gold and silver. We shouldn't ask them for that. Look at who we are. Look who they are. After all these years of slavery, they would not even take or request. Not to mention, it was theirs already. Think about that. They'd worked all those years as slaves. Think about it. Reparations. It was owed to them. It was due them. But their mindset was in such a place where they could not receive what was rightfully there, theirs. They could not receive what was rightfully theirs because of a poverty slave mentality. So the Lord, even knowing their mindset, had to tell them, go borrow of your neighbor. Yeah, like God was going to pay back the Egyptians, their gold and silver and their, and their clothing. No, he wasn't. He was taking what was his people's and letting them leave. And they bankrupted Egypt in one day. And then all of their army and their Pharaoh was destroyed as God let the sea fall back over top of them. That Passover is a thing that's still taking place. We still celebrate it. Notice what God said to Moses. He said, this will be something you shall celebrate as a feast forever. It will be instituted forever, forever. And so to this day, we celebrate the Passover and what God did for his people all those years ago. Over 3,000 years ago. And that power, now think about this. This was under a lesser covenant. This was under a covenant that literally, according to book of Hebrews chapter 8, it was an inferior covenant to what we have now. We have a better covenant established upon better promises. No question about that. It's a better covenant. So if God did that for them back then, if he was able to take his people and bring them out of bondage, how much more is he doing that for us today? If he could heal their physical, think about it. If he could heal their physical bodies to the uttermost without Christ blood being shed on the earth yet, how much more can he heal it, heal, heal sickness from your body? If he could put financial increase and blessing in their hands and load them down with it, 
How much more can he do it for you under a better covenant that's established upon better promises? Of course he can. Of course he can and he has and he will. Without question, we have a better covenant. We have better promises. We're free from bondage, free from slavery, free from sickness, free from poverty, free from every wicked thing. I've asked this question for a long time, so I'm going to ask you again tonight. I ask it, pose the question, and explain it in this book. That's why I'm referencing it. This book will help you. But understand the question. If the blood, when I was, that's what happened when I was praying and, and, and getting before the Lord to write that book. This is where I got the question, came out of the spirit of prayer. The Lord said, if I could do all of that, he said, if, if the blood of a natural lamb could keep a supernatural being out of their homes, he said, how much more can the blood of an eternal lamb keep every wicked thing away from your home and your children and your family? That was just the blood of actual lambs and goats. But we have the blood of Jesus Christ, which is an eternal sacrifice that forever is in front of us. And it's upon our homes, our doors, our families, our, listen, our finances, our bodies. If a natural lamb's blood in obedience could do that, what can the blood of Jesus do for you? What has the blood of Jesus done for you. Don't allow yourself to be victimized. Don't allow yourself to feel uh, insecure in the world we're living in. Don't be fearful. Don't allow yourself to become afraid like everybody else. There's not a reason to panic for the child of God because you have a protector, you have a comforter, you have a healer, you have a provider, and he's taking care of you. He's taking care of you. And so your life's not going to look like everybody else's life. Every wicked thing has to pass over you in Jesus' name. It has to pass over your house, has to pass over your children, has to pass over your finances, has to pass over your mind, has to pass over your body in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't, it's not that it's not there. We're not denying the existence of, of the things that are happening. We're not saying that it's not there. We're saying, yes, it may be there, but a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but these things will not touch me. And that has to be your confession as well. These things will not touch me in Jesus' name. In fact, I want those of you that are watching to write it in the comments. These things will not touch me. Amen. They'll pass over me. They'll pass over me. I, listen, the neighborhood that I live in, I'm just being honest with you. This is how I believe. It sounds arrogant to some because they don't understand the faith that's behind it. But when I board a plane to fly somewhere, Every other passenger on that plane should lift their hands and thank God that I just got on the plane because the fact that I just boarded the plane means the plane can never go down. It means it cannot crash. It means that terrorists cannot overtake it and cause it to crash. The fact that I just got on means the engines can't have problems. The landing gear can't have an issue. There can be no lightning storm or, or any issue at all that affects the plane. It can't happen. Every person that just boarded with me should thank God that I just boarded the plane because the covenant man of God, and you say the same about yourself, the covenant man, the covenant woman of God that just got on the plane is covered by the power of God. And he's not putting me on the plane to kill me. He's putting me on the plane to take me to where I'm going to fulfill my purpose and destiny. Amen. They ought to thank the Lord that you're there. Everybody else that lives in your neighborhood and on your block should thank the Lord that your house is on the block. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, Kenneth. Kenneth said, these things will not touch me. That's right. Pastor Bill, God bless you. These things will not touch me. The blood of Jesus and faith in that blood. Thank you, Lord. Faith in that blood. 
keeps you. It keeps you. Amen. Those things aren't for me. You think about it. The stuff that's floating around the world right now, it's not for your body. It's not for my body in Jesus' name. The, the, the issues of the mind, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, they're not for your mind. They're not for my mind. I'm not saying they're not real. They, I'm not saying they don't exist, but these things shall not touch you. They pass over me in Jesus' name. They pass over you in Jesus' name. That's the story. They pass over us by the power of God. And that's what we're celebrating on this Passover and every year. Of course, I talk about it far more often than once a year. But we need to understand that we have a covenant with the almighty God that has us in a place of divine protection. I mean, I took the time. I'm not doing this to push a book because I don't even, it's not that I don't even make that. It's like people think, he's going to get rich off a book. Trust me. I put this together and took the months that it took to write it, the study, the prayer, the research, the fasting, because I want you to understand the power of the covenant that you have with God through the blood of Jesus Christ and what may is made available to you through the covenant. You've got to understand it. It will change your whole life when you understand the blood covenant that you have with Jesus Christ. That it changed. What did I say at the beginning? That he wants to make a distinction between you and the rest of the world. He'll make a distinction. That's it, Evangeline. Nothing shall by any means hurt me or harm me. No question about it. And so I'm going to pray on this Passover night. I'm praying for every one of you that are watching me and those of you that may come on later and watch the replay. Maybe some of you are listening on the podcast right now, the audio version of this. I'm going to pray right now that as we're celebrating the Passover, what God did so many thousands of years ago, the same thing will be true for you now in 2020. That the blood of Jesus that's on your home, on your life, will cause every wicked thing to pass over you. Coronavirus can't come in your home. Cancer cells must leave your home. Diabetes has to leave your home. Those things have to go past your house and go somewhere else in Jesus' name. That's the power of the blood covenant. So lift your hands wherever you're watching. If you're in a room with others, join hands with them and let's join our faith together. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm praying for your precious people tonight that tonight as we stretch our faith and join it together all around the world in whatever nation they're watching me, Lord, I pray that you'd touch us tonight. We thank you that no matter what has been launched as an attack by Satan, it is passing over our house and going somewhere else. Every wicked thing, now you listen to me because I'm speaking now to every wicked thing. Every wicked thing, take note of the blood of Christ that's on the doorpost of my home. Take note of the sign left by my covenant and I command you to pass over and go somewhere else. Everything in this home is off limits to the enemy of my soul to the enemy of my mind and my body and my finances and my family. Every wicked thing has no jurisdiction in the spirit in my house, in Jesus' name. For this house is connected in covenant to the almighty God by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are victorious. We are victorious in every area we are victorious. And Lord, we thank you and we give you praise and honor and glory that your blood is enough to destroy every wicked thing. We thank you for the stripes that you took upon your back. We thank you, Lord, that they nailed your hands and feet. We thank you for laying down your life for us and taking it back up again on the third day. We give you praise and glory for the things you're doing in our lives, and we thank you for protection. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for blessing in Jesus' mighty name. Keep your people in perfect peace. A spirit of fear has to go. Worry has to go. Anxiety has to go. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory tonight, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. Amen. Let me just say, I would encourage you. Some of you just need to turn off the news. One of the, one of the things that's been harassing people's mind is that it's one news cycle to the next. 
And it's every wicked report that could come across. There comes a time in your life where you've got to ask the question, whose report will you believe? And our answer will be, we shall believe the report of the Lord. That's the answer. We shall believe the report of the Lord. No question about it. And so I want to encourage you. Some of you just need to turn off the news because it's an evil report sometimes that fills you with worry, anxiety, and put on some praise and worship music and just give God glory. Give God praise. Some of you need to just lift your hands and dance around your house and let the joy of the Lord fill that place. Let your kids see you rejoicing. I have to put up a video today. <laughs> today, Teddy, thank you, Brother Mike, for sowing a seat. Today, Teddy was out on the swing in the back with his mom, and she was taking a video of him, and he's just swinging in the back, you know? And he, as he's back there swinging, he's going, I'm a Pentecostal. He's three years old. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a Pentecostal. He said, devil, you're going to pay for that one. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about, but he's giving it to the devil already. Devil, you're going to pay for that one. I'm a Pentecostal. And so my three-year-old son is already warring in the spirit on the swing in the back. But let me encourage you, dance around your house. Give God glory and give God praise. You know, it's like somebody, a, my, a pastor, a pastor my, uh, of a church my dad was preaching at. He, uh, there, during the service, somebody started dancing, you know, in the church, you know, during praise where it started, just took off dancing. And the pastor had the ushers stop him and take him out in the in the um, take him out in the lobby, and then you know they were allowed to back in. They understood. Don't be don't be dancing here. And he said he turned to my father. He said, "I'm sorry about that, brother Ted." He said, "We don't. I don't." He said, "I don't believe people should do things in church that they don't do in their prayer closet." You know. And my dad uh, said, looked at him and said, "Really?" He said, "You don't dance in your prayer closet." <laughs> and the pastor got a funny look on his face. All right. He said, I do. I dance in my prayer. I, we dance at home. I don't wait to dance at church. I dance in this house. We put the music on and we dance and we give God praise. We shout. We clap our hands. We jump. You think I'm playing. I'm not. The kids do it. Carolyn does it. I do it. I don't wait to give God praise till I get to church. I give him praise at home because he's good. Not just at church. He's good every day, all the time, everywhere I am. And he's worthy of all, he's worthy of more praise than we could ever give him in a thousand lifetimes. That's why we have eternity because he's so great that there's no praise that's enough for him. So I encourage you, turn the news off and get some praise on. And thank you to those of you that have uh, been sowing seeds tonight. I really appreciate it. If anybody would like to join them and uh, follow their lead, those that have been sowing, um, I want to encourage you to do so on this, on this, uh, Passover night, to sow a seed by faith. I mean, do you believe? That's it. I'm standing with Joel and Evangeline. That's right. We will believe the report of the Lord. That's right. We believe, therefore we speak. Um, those of you that are sowing, do you believe? Here's the real question. Do you believe that April, as we've been declaring, is going to be a season of violent increase for you? Do you believe it's going to be a season of expedited favor? If you do believe it, here's the next question. What are you doing by obedience to ensure that that's going to be your story in Jesus' name? What by faith and obedience are you doing to ensure that this is going to be a month of violent increase for you? Have you put seed in the ground? Are you believing for increase? The question is, have you put seed in the ground? Have you done what the word says? And when you do, guess what? God always honors his word, always honors his word. Every seed you're sowing by obedience and faith is calling out to a harvest that's coming back into your life. Every harvest answers to the seed. Those of you that are watching that aren't freaked out and scared by an offering that log off as soon as anybody says the word offering or finance, those of you that are still here that believe this, I want you to write it in the comments. Every harvest answers to a seed. Every harvest answers to a seed. I love that quote Evangeline put up. The spirit of faith will cause a tadpole to slap a whale. I believe it. I believe it. The spirit of faith will cause a tadpole to slap a whale. And that's why we've been doing these spirit of faith sessions. 
is because the Lord spoke to me as I was coming home from Michigan and said, get on every night and pump my people full of faith. I think this is session 22 or 23, one of those. But I want you to put that in the comments. Every harvest answers to a seed. That's the truth of God's word. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so as you know, it has nothing to do with any pressure or manipulation. You're free to give or not give. There's no pressure here on this broadcast ever. But what I'm doing is I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you because I want to see this month and this year be your year of violent increase. Thank you, Jennifer. I love uh, Jennifer and Chad. Thank you, Deepa. What are we doing? That's the question. What are we doing to ensure that we're going to make this month our month of increase? And we're all doing it. We're all sowing. I'm sowing. Carolyn's sowing. We're standing in faith and believing that we'll never go backwards. Thank you, Kelly. We'll never go backwards. We're moving forward by the power of God. Always moving forward. That's it, Billion. Keep calling it in. Keep calling it in. Violent increase, expedited favor. Bonnie and Daryl, that's right. Every harvest answers to a seed. If you're on YouTube and you'd like to sow a seed, it's very easy. You can see it there on the screen. You can use Cash App if you'd like to. You can use PayPal, Venmo. Easiest way is to go to miracleword.com and sow a seed directly on the website. You can partner with us there as well. You can sow a one-time seed, and uh, it's very easy to do right there on the website. Thank you, Jennifer. We appreciate you guys, and of course, we pray for you and everybody that's standing with us. I take the time to pray for you by name every week, believing God for your family, for your business, for your ministry. I'm believing that by the time this year comes to an end, we can lift our hands and thank God for household salvation. Thank you, Pastor Joel. And Evangeline, love you guys. And thank you for sowing a seed. Appreciate it very, very much. I know God's blessing you there in the UK. And I pray it continues to increase. I can't wait to come see you. But I'm believing God for the best year you've ever had at the church. I'm believing that, because it, it, listen, it's it's time. It's The UK is ripe for revival. And I thank God for men and women like Joel and Evangeline that are pressing into the Holy Ghost and into the spirit of faith in the UK and there in England as God's moving. And I'm telling you, we're going to see a mighty move of the Holy Spirit sweep through Western Europe. I'm telling you, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. We're going to see souls saved, people baptized in the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders and miracles. And it'll be the Lord and the mighty right hand of God. Nobody will be able to deny it. Nobody. Nobody. So those of you that are sown, we say thank you. And of course, for everybody that's sowing this month um, in the States, we're going to send you a copy of The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Those of you that are overseas, we're, we're working to get you a digital copy of this book. Best book I've ever read on the End Times Bible Prophecy and one of the best books, period, that I've ever read. 530 pages that will answer your questions, help you to understand Bible prophecy. That's for everybody that's sowing $100 or more this month. It'll bless you. And so thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for sowing a seed. Everyone has to ask the Lord what they should do where they're at. That's so important. Where am I currently at my level of faith? Where's my level of instruction? That's so vital that you obey the Lord where you are, and it makes all the difference. For everybody that's sowing $1,000 or more this month, we're including, along with the book, this Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible in the New Living Translation. I'm going to make it out to you and your family, one of the best study tools uh, that I've found recently, the best-selling study Bible that there is, and uh, it's phenomenal. Help you go deeper in your study of the Word. And so thank you to everybody. Appreciate it. Those that like to use Cash App in the States, there's the cash tag on the screen, MWGive. I don't believe that you can use that outside of the United States, but for those that are in the States, a lot of people are, are starting to prefer Cash App because of how easy it is. And then, of course, PayPal. Many people are familiar with that. It's been around for a long time. There's the email address. And we've even had requests for Venmo. And so if you use Venmo, it's the same username as Cash App, MWGive, if you're looking for us. And then, of course, on uh, Twitter or Periscope and Facebook, 
You can always put hashtag donated in the comments section and, uh, and give very easily that way. And if you're just logging on, I know everybody was at their church, their, their home church live stream tonight. And that's, I encourage people to do that. Support your church, support your pastor, pray for your pastor, pray for his family, pray for your local church, that God would bless them, especially now God would bless them and use them mightily. And uh, I know God is blessing your, uh, your pastors and your churches. I'm praying the same for mine and God is blessing them and um, using them, but pray for them. And so I don't mind that. I mean, everybody's at their church tonight. Um, but let me just say, if you missed it, if you're just logging on, maybe you're coming in from your church's broadcast. If you're just logging on, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch. Today we were live. Um, Joel and Evangeline, do you guys get that channel where you are? It's um, Faith UK. It's it, it's Faith UK, which would be on. I know it's I know it's on throughout um, uh, the UK. I mean, they're on television there. Um, hey, Scotty. So I didn't know if you got the channel where you're at. But when it was it was your time, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, in uh, what would be UK time, I was live today preaching on television throughout like 18 million homes in the UK, um, 14 million in the US, 50 million. Oh, you got it. So I didn't know if you got a chance to see that. Uh, it was live today from 5 to 7 p.m. your time. And then I'm going to be back there again on Friday, Joel, preaching live again, same time, uh, your time, 5 to 7 p.m. Um, this coming Friday. And uh, we're with our friends, Dr. Andre and Jenny Raybert. And uh, that's that's Faith, what we call Faith USA here. It's Faith UK there and Faith Africa in Africa. Oh, you got to see some of it. That's awesome. I was wondering if you guys would would, would have the ability to catch it. I don't know what you know what cable systems it extends across or whatever, but that's awesome. I'm glad you got to see it. Those of you, if you haven't got a chance to go back and watch the broadcast, it's on Facebook. So if you would just scroll back uh, through our Facebook page, just a couple posts before this, you can watch the whole service there. We had a phenomenal time. I'm going to be back with them Friday. So I love you guys. And thank you for hanging with me tonight. Thank you for spending time. And thank you for those that are sewing. We we really, really love and appreciate you and uh, can't wait to hear the testimonies. Thank you, Bonnie, for watching. Uh, yep, it was live on their Facebook and YouTube as well. That's right. So we'll be back in the morning. What's today? Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Don't forget, once again, tomorrow afternoon at 2 is the kids' craft party. You don't want to miss that. And uh, I'm looking forward to the, the printers printing all the further faster books. They're getting ready to ship out and we're going to send them to you, which I'm super excited about. So I love you. Have a phenomenal night. Have a great rest. And I'll see you again in the morning, 1030 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love you guys. Have a good one. Oh, yes. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I said, are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I got to say this again tonight. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal, I am unashamed, read the book of Acts, y'all, we are still the same, worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name, we're Holy Ghost and fire in every way, I'm a Pentecostal, I am unashamed, read the book of Acts, we are still the same. Worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal, I am unashamed. Read the book of Acts, we all still the same. We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. Just our style, the way we do our thing. Oh, we're the Pentecostals that died in Jesus' name. I'm a Pentecostal, I am not a
it's a good night to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Oh. Say what I say. Fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Oh, fill me up till I overflow. Oh, fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Oh, fill me up till I overflow. Say, fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Just fill me up till I overflow. Worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're holy, ghost and fire in every way. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.